0: You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Why, hello everyone. I hope you are all doing wonderful. Today we have an interesting episode planned out. We are going to launch into the topic of... Studies show that within a given day, a person is lied to between ten to two hundred times. I'm guessing that the high number assumes that you're watching mainstream media outlets or you're listening to my brother-in-law Dan. Either way, (laughs) ten to two hundred times seems like a lot. I mean, considering a lot of those are like white lies, but still yikes, that's crazy. Studies show that extroverts lie more than introverts. Which is another point for me, I haven't lied in years. So I have a question for you. Can you spot a lie? Chances are, if you are a parent, you have developed a skill for lie spotting pretty good. I mean, kids end up bending the truth every chance that they get. Alright, today we're going to have some fun because we're going to be learning how to lie spot. There's some really good material on this done by Pamela Mayer, who is actually a professional lie spotter. She once said, I quote, there are good liars and there are bad liars, but there are no original liars. This is true because everyone uses the same techniques and they seem to make the same mistakes. All right, we're going to talk about 11 ways. I don't know why I just didn't do 10. I guess I'm doing 11 so that you can have a bonus one, but here are 11 ways you can tell if someone is lying. I also want to make a bit of a disclaimer. You know, we're, we're studying behaviors here. In and of themselves, they, are, uh, they may not mean that someone is lying for sure. They may not mean anything. Humans aren't textbooks. But when we see behaviors appear in clusters, it, it should make you probe a little bit and, and try to look for the truth. All right. Are you ready? All right. Here we go. Number one, non-contracting denier. What does that mean? It's when a person uses very formal language to describe details. Also, a liar will uh, prepare their story with a bunch of um, irrelevant details. It's what happens when people are too committed to denying the truth that when they turn to, uh, when that happens, they, they turn to more formal speech. All right, number two, distancing language. That woman not using names right uh, number three look at the mouth and the eyes someone who is lying may cover their mouth or eyes with their hands or or close them all together uh, both of these come from a natural tendency to want to cover up a lie number four looking in your eyes too much see many people assume that a liar is a person who doesn't want to make eye contact it's actually the other way around. When the person makes too much eye contact, it's a sure giveaway. Okay? Number five, changing voice tone. I didn't eat that cookie. Okay, that's an exaggeration. Either lowering the voice or making it higher. Number six, scratching face. A person who is lying is more itchy, according to Michael Josum, uh, who is a, a poker expert. Number seven, squirming. They feel uncomfortable. A person telling the truth has nothing to hide and is more comfortable. Number eight, speaking in strict chronological order. A liar will always want to tell the story from A to Z. A trained interrogator will, over the course of several hours, cleverly make the culprit tell their story in different orders. During that time, they will study their gestures. You see, a person can rehearse their words, but they don't rehearse the mannerisms. And and that is when the interrogator takes note of all of the deceptive tells. Okay. Number nine, offering too many details. Sometimes people do this when they are nervous, but it's also common lies. They are overselling their lie. Number 10, trying to constantly prove their honesty. See, honest people expect you to believe that that they're telling the truth. But people who are lying will often say something like, to be perfectly honest, or, I swear I'm telling the truth. Don't peg everyone who says these things as liars, because they still could be telling the truth. Just watch out for uh, the person who goes overboard with trying to prove their innocence. And eleven defensive if you're asking follow-up questions and uh, the person is incredibly defensive uh, that's usually an indicator that they are lying okay boom there you go you guys are lie spotters good for you all right the thing is we are being lied to constantly that's just a fact of life a fallen world equals fallen tactics however there there is a necessary contrast that needs to exist between followers followers of jesus and the methods of this world jesus said that he is the way the truth and the life according to john chapter 14 6. in john eight forty four, it says that satan is the father of lies there is a clear divide here when we process this reality let's not put our focus so much on lie spotting but let's pursue truth seeking let's not be lie spotters let's be truth seeking see when we're seeking truth when that is your pursuit lies are not the focus lies are easier to spot the more familiar you are with the truth see federal agents don't discover counterfeit money because uh, they studied counterfeit currency they studied the real genuine bills every detail texture uh, site. Ma- when they master this, they're able to easily identify counterfeit bills. And in the same way, we should study the very character of Christ so that when counterfeit ideologies come our way, we can reject them immediately before they dig their poisonous roots into our uh, thoughts and minds. In John 18, we have this fascinating conversation between Pontius Pilate and Jesus. Starting at verse 33, this is what it says. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is this your own idea? Jesus asked. Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? Jesus said, What is truth? Retorted Pilate. With this, he went out. What is truth? And with this, he went out. This is fascinating. This is such an interesting exchange because Pilate asks Jesus what is truth, not realizing that he was standing before the very embodiment of truth himself. Manifested, as a mortal man now the real tragedy here of course is that pilate asks the question and then he leaves before jesus could answer my fear is that there there is a trend in christian circles today that claim to be about the the truth and they'll even inquire about the truth but when it comes down to it they aren't interested in knowing truth marks of this happens when, when the the culture begins to infiltrate the church instead of the church infiltrating the culture. The validity of Scripture then gets called into question, sending a domino effect throughout the community. Seemingly virtuous movements spark, and, and figuratively and, and quite literally spread like wildfire in our young communities. But at the end of the day, they undermine the gospel. Now, there's... There's so much more that I would like to say about uh, some of these new movements that, that are afloat right now in the world. But I think I'm going to save that for another time when we launch into another topic like uh, Marxism and why uh, that would be beneficial for us to, to be familiar with. Lies. Lies are powerful. Lying has the ability to distort your perception of reality. When your mind begins to accept a lie as reality, your behavior is altered in accordance to the accepted false information. A lie that I believed when I was young is that I'm stupid. This leaked into every area of my life, and it came to define who I was for years. You see, I failed grade one, and I'm sure that my teacher kept me back because they knew that I would excel more if I was held back. But I interpreted this as I did not have what it takes in order to move on with the rest of my class. And so the enemy planted that seed. And and that lie came to define me. I stopped trying in school. I accepted the label that was given to me. And I did terrible in my grades. I started causing trouble. I became a class clown. I I barely skimmed by, but I made it. When I became a Christian in my high school years, I did something pivotal. I realized that I had to take control over my thoughts. Now that may seem like an obvious comment and most people would agree with it. However, barely anyone seems to live that out. If you don't learn how to control your thoughts, your thoughts will control you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5, it says, we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Taking your thoughts captive is like filtering the information coming in and measuring it with Christ. When you have a a transformed mind like the one that we read about in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 we aren't just changing the influence in, in our lives we are completely changing the way that we process information coming in if if you're letting in toxic garbage toxic garbage will be in your head and eventually giving credence to the lies that that leaves your perception of reality compromised in what the psychologists call the illusory truth effect. And that's what happens. You subject yourself to a lie long enough, you begin to believe it. It becomes your cognitive bias, something that you accept as truth because of your perception. It's not necessarily a reflection of reality, but when a lie is believed to be true, it is lived out as if it were true. And that matters. Now the good news is, no matter where you are at, hope is always there waiting, trying to tell you that the best is yet to come. I read this amazing book by a cognitive neuroscientist by the name of Carolyn Leaf, and she describes the concept of neuroplasticity. See, neurologists have found that uh, no matter how old or young you are, You can rewire, you can rejuvenate, and you can revitalize your mind. You can rewire any negative thought pattern and replace it with a good one. You can rewire your brain using God's truth and experience true victory in your life. Neuroscience is discovering this now, but the Bible has been teaching us this truth for thousands of years. For instance, check out Proverbs 23, verse 7. In the New King James Version, it says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. So if you're trying to address an issue in your life, some sort of addiction, either to gambling, alcohol, smoking, pornography, gossip, don't make the mistake of addressing the behavior Remove the behavior and replace it with God's truth Because if you don't replace it with God's truth what you're essentially doing is you're you're creating a vacuum and that will lead the lie right back into your life The truth is powerful and despite what Jack Nicholson believes (laughs) You can handle the truth your life was meant for nothing but the truth So surround yourself with friends who speak the truth, with music that perpetuates the truth, with shows that point towards the truth in the church that seeks the truth. All right, I think I'm going to close it up right now. Thanks for engaging with my material today. I hope that it will bring value to your life and hope to your soul. Until next time, keep fighting the good fight. See ya.